0: what being a kid used to mean. Yeah. Before.
1: But Lex, a lot of things meant something different before. Being a teenager used to mean we were... I don't know, rehearsing for something. But now we're running the only show that's left. Lex, you've got a lot of potential. You've got lots of energy, lots of great things to give. Don't blow it.
0: So welcome to Series 2, Episode 30 of Conversation on Eagle Mountain, a podcast about the tribe. I'm your host, Lance, and joining the podcast panel today is Liz. Hello. Sabine. Hi. And Colin. What up? With episode notes done by Matt and myself. So Series 2, Episode 30, the screenplay was done by Samara McDowell. It was directed by John Reed. And the episode synopsis were read out by Sabine.
2: Ellie is determined to speak the truth, despite resistance from within the tribe. Chloe and Patsy's friendship suffers as they continue to compete for Dal's affections. And Lex's lifestyle causes problems at work.
0: So panel, it it seemed like a short episode, but there was actually a lot to pick through. So let's jump right in. So continuing off from the previous episode, Ellie slyly goes to Ebony for permission to run the article in The Amulet concerning Danny and the virus. Ebony, however, flat out tells her not to run it. Later telling Bray what Eddie is up to. So yeah, panel, i got quite a few questions concerning this. Were you all surprised by Ebony's answer here? Why do you think she didn't want Danny to be targeted like this? Was this due to her recent trauma, or do you think something else is in play here?
2: I think the first time I saw this, I was surprised. But looking at it now, it's... Yeah, it makes total sense. Of course he wouldn't want to target Danny like that. Because, well even though that's one way to get rid of the competition. She knows Bray would think badly of her because if she would do that, if she'd allow that. So, yeah, I get why Ebony says what she says.
3: I was genuinely surprised when I first saw it, and it sometimes still catches me If I forgot that that was a plot line, it would catch me by surprise um, because she has been set up. It's a nice surprise. I mean, this is someone who tried mm-hmm. to frame her for murder, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And I thought they set that up really well. Because, you know, you leave the last episode and there's an interesting look on Ebony's face. And <laughs> you don't know, you mm-hmm. assume what's going to come out is, oh yeah, you know. And we know that's why Ellie went to her. So so when she says, no, you shouldn't print this, it was a surprise. Um, I think her reasonings are different. I think they don't have as much to do with Bray. I think it says more about when Ebony isn't in her everyone is competition everyone is an enemy mode she's less likely to target people something has shattered in her she's trying to pull herself together and i think this is more of a default place i think fighting everyone is exhausting for ebony and i so i don't think she's protect you know saying no we shouldn't bother danny because bray wouldn't forgive me for that i mean she was willing to frame this girl for murder she clearly didn't care what bray would think of that you know um, She's done a lot of things that she hasn't cared what Bray would think. I think it has more to do with her frame of mind, where she's just maybe too tired to even look at Danny as an enemy. And maybe that is something Ebony doesn't get a chance to let herself do. Some you know, she doesn't she doesn't allow herself to just stop treating everyone like someone she has to fight, someone she has to win against, you know?
4: Yeah, um, I, I agree. I think Ebony is clearly still uh a, on a break from her personality. So she just doesn't want to see anything uh destruction, anything violence, another mob attacking uh the Mall rats again. Because if that information does get out about Danny, um honestly it could be like another it could be like a, a terrorist attack or, or, or whatever, and people are gonna get hurt in a crossfire. So I mean it makes sense. I mean it was a surprise knowing that she literally tried to frame Danny and then now she's back on her side. But clearly from all the events that we've seen Ebony go through, it makes the most sense that she's just tired of all the, the violence and the, the name-calling and the shameless uh, bicker. We
2: mm-hmm. do it, it is nice to see her think about it for a moment, though. Because in that last episode, we saw it in her face. It crossed her mind for a split second. Just, ooh, that's one way of solving the Danny issue. And then she just goes back to, nope, nope, we can't do this. And it's fun to see Ebony having higher morals than Ellie at this point.
4: Yeah, I like this Ebony.
3: I think it's also reflective of the Ebony we got to see in she and Trudy's flashback. Um, Mm -hmm. We had all mentioned that she wasn't, yeah, Ebony was a mean girl, definitely. She would steal your boyfriend kind of girl. But there was a limit to what she was willing to do to Trudy think about it. There's so many things she could have done to ruin Trudy's life in her quest Mm -hmm. to get Bray from her. She doesn't slander Trudy's name. She doesn't make up lies about her. She doesn't bully her. She didn't do any of that. All she did was tell Bray, hey, you know, your brother's into her and he might do something bad if he doesn't get her. And that was the truth. It wasn't even a lie. That's as Mm -hmm. far as she went. So even though it was hurtful for Trudy, it did say that there's a you know there was a time that Ebony didn't go after people just to hurt them mm-hmm. because they were in the way. She could have hurt Trudy. She could have done a lot to Trudy because she was in the way, but she didn't. And here you see her same thing. This would deliberately hurt Danny in a way that is undeserved. And it's interesting to see Ebony come back to that place where she's not willing to do it. Yeah, even though it would get Danny out of the way, <laughs> <It> definitely would. <laughs> Make Danny a perfect target, an unfair target, and your competition, you know, would be gone.
2: Yeah, but what position would have, would that have put them all in?
3: Yeah, that's why I think she's more exhausted. I, I agree with Carlin. It's like she just quelled a mob. She got off of her trauma sick bed, quieted them all down, and we can see she got no joy from having to do it. Mm-hmm. She was just tired. She's like, look, I bought you some time. Just leave me alone. I just want to sleep. I just, I'm trying to cope. I'm taking it day by day right now. So maybe that is part of it. She doesn't want another mob that she's going to have to deal with because she knows the mall rats won't be able to. So who's going to have to solve that problem? It's going to be Ebony. And she can either let the mob take them all (laughs) or she has to fight them. And you can tell she's she's like, nah, I haven't had my coffee. I don't want to deal with this.
2: Yeah. And, and let's not forget, she declared herself as being one of them. So if they would come after the Mallrats, they'd come after her too. Because no one would believe that Ebony didn't know about it. Okay, yeah, let's, let's take that
0: question further then. Like, So let's say, like, weeks have passed, her trauma has passed, she's back to normal
3: Ebony. Do
0: you still, do you think she would have done it or not?
3: Um, if things continued the way we know they will, then I think... Ebony could have certainly decided to do say yes, print it, because she'd be back in her vindictive mode. She'd be back in you're mm-hmm. an enemy, and I want to take you out. It's quite possible that she would have. Um, I guess Danny's just lucky that Ellie asked her at this point.
0: But would she have, um, well, been, like, given, given up all the power that she could have had by um, targeting the whole Morats like this?
2: I, I actually think she would not do this. Unless it was her coming out with this news to everyone instead of Ellie. If it was her telling everyone, look what I found out. Danny, he was involved in this. It was her dad. Then she'd do it. But if it was a way in which she would be implicating, implicated as knowing this for a while, that wouldn't serve her. That wouldn't be in her best interest.
3: That's a really good point. Um, I think it could go either way. If Ebony was back in her, her, on her game. In her, I'm Mm -hmm. gonna win at all costs. If she was back in that, has her armor back up. I think it could go either way. I I think you make a very good argument that she might have discouraged Ellie so that she herself could use the information. Um, I definitely see that is in Ebony's repertoire to be like, no Ellie, you shouldn't do this. And then at a later date, she's the one who tells everybody, guess what I found out about Danny. But I can also see her not wanting to bring that fire down on her whatsoever. Um mm. I can also see her being willing to sit back and let Ellie burn them all rats because she would be able to talk <laughs> her way out of it. Yeah. So it could go either way if she was on her game. She's she's got a lot of tools in her belt. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> uh,
2: yeah. I can just see her now sipping a cocktail, watching it go that everything go down.
4: <laughs> yeah, Danny is very lucky. Ebony's like <laughs> having a break from her personality.
0: I mean, yeah, at least I guess leads to the last question. Do you think Ebony would let everything burn to get her own back on one person?
3: Absolutely. If it served her. Yeah, it depends on her headspace. Yeah. Ebony has, she has many faces, you know.
4: Yeah, I think she would too, but only if it serves her.
0: And yeah, what do you make of Ellie coming to to Ebony of all people for this news?
2: (laughs) She just wanted someone to say yes. So she could be free of all blame by saying, look, I asked one of her leaders and they said yes, (laughs) because that's what she wanted. Ellie
3: knows. She knows it's crossing the line to print this story and put Danny in this kind of danger. Mm -hmm. Again, if she was any kind of journalist, she could still print the truth without endangering Danny. Um, But I don't know, maybe she didn't pass AP English anyway. (laughs) She definitely did this because she fully expected Ebony. To, why would Ellie ever trust anything Ebony has to say? She doesn't trust her. She doesn't like her. We all know that if she wanted genuine advice, she'd go to someone like her sister. So she wasn't looking for advice. She was looking for permission. And she went to the one person she knows hates Danny. <laughs> because she I mean, think about it. Why would she get angry when Ebony says, no, you shouldn't print it? Why would she get angry? She'd be. She should be like, "Oh, okay. Well, thank you for being honest with me." No, she is pissed because mm-hmm. that is not the answer she wanted.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And if even Ebony thinks you're in the wrong, come on, how far have you fallen?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, she's like that little kid that goes to the parent who's most likely to say yes. Yeah. That's what she, that's just what, what she reminds me of at this point.
4: You could totally tell that Ellie's in the in wrong by her actions. but Because normally she would go to her sister for this advice, but clearly she just wants someone to agree.
2: Yeah, she knows who she's going to. I mean, come on, even Jack disagreed with this
4: idea. I mean, if she really wanted someone to agree, I'm surprised she just didn't go to Lex. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's because Lex is not one of the leaders at this point.
4: Yeah.
3: She at least, w- if she's going to Ebony, she has some pleasant ability like to say, oh, well, I went to one of the leaders. You're, you, you put Ebony in charge of us. You know what I mean? Yeah. I had every right to ask her. Lex would just be another adult or, well, big kid. She wouldn't be able to defend that if that's what she used. If people were like, Ellie, why did you print this? She'd be like, well, I asked Lex. And they'd be like, <laughs> Lex? You asked Lex? <laughs> and she wouldn't have a defense against that, you know? But Ebony's more uh, viable. To say, I asked her. You made her leader. So I was allowed to ask her.
2: Yeah. Asking Lex would have had as much credit as asking KC,
3: pretty much.
4: Yeah, she should have asked KC. KC would have given better (laughs) advice. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Uh,
0: Yeah. And something that you mentioned is, and that was also in the comments, like, what's stopping Ellie from just doing this story without Danny's attachment? Why does she really have to have Danny plastered all over this?
3: I think it has to do with bad writing. I get the lesson they're trying to teach. I totally get this. Um, but it's another one of those black and white situations where there was a solution in the middle and the show is ignoring it to create a conflict.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, there are plenty of journalists who cannot reveal their sources because it could endanger someone. It happens all the time. If you can't get someone to say, on, admit on record... That they you know they gave you this information you have to find a way to still print the story without revealing who they are people who could get fired people who could be prosecuted persecuted whatever could happen to them if they were the whistleblower or they were had some involvement. we redact information all the time to protect people even when you're sharing receipts online, that this person texted me this, you still take out any information that could lead to who they are because you have to protect them. You don't want to dox them. Hmm. Ellie could have done this. And if someone who's so interested in journalism, that's something she would have learned. Um, She's just being irresponsible. And it's because the writers are trying to, they're trying to press this lesson, which again, I get that. But as an adult, I'm like, dude, she still could have printed the story of the virus without involving Danny. Because Danny has nothing to do with what her father did. She mm-hmm. is not relevant to that conversation. So there's no reason to say the scientist had a daughter. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, Even if Danny's your source, you do not have to expose your source to tell the story. They have a lot of documentation that supports what Danny has told them. And that's all they need to tell the story. But the writers were like, no, we want a really black and white issue so we can have a conflict, which I get. But that's why we're where we are, at least in my opinion.
4: I mean, yeah, it's it's journalism one on one. She should know this. And unfortunately, this is the first step into the path for Ellie to being the annoying tribe character, because I feel like from this point on, she becomes one of the most annoying tribe characters of all time.
3: To whine a lot when she doesn't get her way. Mm -hmm. Oh,
4: yes. Oh, my God.
2: Yeah, it's truly a miracle that she's Alice's sister and not Danny's.
4: Imagine if she wasn't Alice's sister and she's just some random character. I don't think I I would care as much about her. (laughs) You know, like when you're friends with someone and then they have like a little sister or brother and you're like, all right, well, they're cool, too. They can come along just because, you know, Mm -hmm. you're related to so-and-so.
0: No, there's some truth to that. Yeah, I don't think I would... <laughs> I guess put up with her as much. She wasn't Alice's sister. Yeah.
4: She would be on the same level as KC, honestly.
2: <laughs> I was going to say as Fed.
4: Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs>
3: but, yeah. Um... It wouldn't bother me so much if Ali hadn't been introduced as being more sensible than this.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Like, they were the ones who introduced Ellie as having a good head on her shoulders and having integrity. You know, she was the one arguing with Jack about doing the right thing. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's the only reason it bugs me. Like, I'm fine if this is her personality, but you did introduce her as being more sensible than this. But I suppose it's fair that even a sensible character could lose their head and become very stubborn about something. And that's Ellie. But um, it's not fun to watch. It's very annoying because she's so in the wrong here. And she keeps trying to use... Righteous arguments or bad faith arguments to prove that she has a right to do this You know, like this is supposed to be about truth and it's just like, you know, you're in the wrong You can print the truth without endangering Danny, you know that and you Mm. know that everybody telling you this, you know You're the bad guy. She's being stubborn about it. It's all about a lesson. She needs to learn. I get it But no, it's not fun. She's very annoying
2: Yeah, I have to say these past couple of episodes I started to like Ellie again and wondering why I found her so annoying. And then this happened. And suddenly I'm back to my original state with a, yeah, no, Ellie is annoying. Let's heat that one off a cliff.
3: I mean, I still like her. This is just some behavior she's engaging in that I don't like. Like, Ellie, you're wrong. You're wrong, baby girl. This ain't cool. You're going to get someone killed who does not deserve it. Again, I don't even know why Danny needs to be in this. Right. Danny isn't about the tr- It's supposed to be about the truth of the virus, right? What does Danny have to do with it?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only thing she has to do with it is that she confirmed what happened. She's, she was a witness to what actually happened. Yeah. And Ellie just wanted wants it out there, everything out there, so she can be seen as the one person who managed to find out what all the adult journalists couldn't.
4: Yeah clearly Bray was trying to tell her this. And then Ellie started raising her voice and started getting really annoying. Oh, my God. I just wanted to throw like a box of hot french fries at her or something.
3: (laughs) I do want to understand that I don't think the answer was just to not print any story. Um, I still think I can understand. There's nothing wrong with wanting to get the truth. This is what happened to us. This is why our world is the way it is. I just as what as she wanted to print it wasn't okay it needed to be edited to protect somebody Mm -hmm. and it's like i don't know why no one suggested that and i don't know why she didn't consider that
2: because he's like what 14
3: she needed to learn a lesson that's all it comes down Mm -hmm. to she needed to learn a lesson
2: we'll come back
3: again
0: to this in a little bit but um let's move on to the trading market because bray and danny announce a new currency slash chip system for the trader market one which tyson obviously disapproves of and yeah questions about that panel like what are your thoughts on the creation of this new system that yeah, again the Morats it's in control of do you think it is too soon after everything that's happened with the antidote and like yeah is it not too overly complicated i was reading so many comments that people just did not understand it at all <laughs>
3: It's like everything else with Brain Danny. It's not a bad idea, but it's just an idea. They don't have a plan to implement it properly. They just said, oh, the tokens have vague values, and we get to decide, but they're not deciding. They give it to Lex. They didn't think that through. <laughs> they were like, oh, right, Lex is market supervisor. We voted for that. Oh, great. Like, they didn't really... Think about that. They didn't poll the city to see what the other people thought things were valued at.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't solely decide this is this much because I like it. You have to see what is the average, how does the whole city value a loaf of bread? You know what I mean? Or a stereo so that you can actually fix the price of these things. You can't just leave it up to -to day-to-day interpretation. This isn't seafood. We're not doing market prices here, you know? So they don't have a plan. So, again, great idea that they're not going to regulate or implement. So what was the point?
2: Yeah, and the silly thing is we see this later on when other people try to implement this, that they seem to be better at it because they more about it but this is just yeah another grasp at keeping control keeping some form of power now that they don't have the antidote to barter with
0: i think that's the sad thing i think that is ultimately what it is all about it's just a way to hang on to some form of control and power isn't it
3: i was just going to say i agree with lance that it's too soon for them to try doing this Mm -hmm. they have not had any time to stabilize how things are going they haven't had any meetings with the tribe leaders to discuss mm-hmm. the fallout of what just happened. A mob left them all, what, yesterday? And like, we're we're making money. Everything's fine. It's too soon to even try to do this. And again, to not confer with anyone. They didn't even confer with the tribe. <laughs> they just came into breakfast one day and announced it to the people who happened to be in the room. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and come on, if anyone was
2: going to be in charge of that. That would have had to been Alice, not Lex. I mean, seriously, choose someone with even a bit of integrity for that.
4: Yeah, Lex was a, was a bad uh, <laughs> bad choice for that. But this whole thing is not only for the Mallrats to just cling on to whatever power they have left, um, but it also just shows how useless the Bill of Rights uh, are mm-hmm. uh, yet again. Because I thought the purpose of the Bill of Rights is to, uh, I guess, to collaborate with every single tribe leader and all the tribes out there to, mm-hmm. you know, make up a system that's better for everyone. And it seems like the Marats are mostly just Danny, I guess. <laughs> when they come up with an idea, they're like, this is a good idea. It's the law.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they don't want democracy.
4: <laughs> no. she. Yeah. I mean... Danny seems more like a dictator than anything.
3: Mm -hmm. I get it. They think they're solving a problem, but they're not solving the problem. They're just adding a new problem. (laughs) What did they say about the tokens? It's to stop the squabbling in the marketplace, but this doesn't solve that squabbling. What was the squabbling over? It was because when people were bartering, you had people like Lex trying to cheat the system. You haven't solved the problem by leaving Lex there still able to cheat the system. All you've done is added a more complicated element to it. You think these kids aren't going to fight over what they think something is worth?
1: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, they come in and you're like, well, we personally value what you're trading as this token. And you're like, no, I don't. I don't think it should be that. I think it's valued at higher. It's not going to solve any squabbling because you didn't get to the heart of the matter. You have corruption in your marketplace. You didn't solve that, so how is adding this stupid currency going to do it? All it does is make your marketplace more complicated to use, and it also makes it more insulated because what is your profit? They don't really explain their explanation. I'm going to say doesn't make sense to me Thank for how you. a person <laughs> makes profit. I basically come in with my goods to trade my goods, and you give me tokens, and people pay me tokens for my goods. And that's what I leave with? I leave with tokens (laughs) I can't use anywhere else? No, you can't eat them. Before, if I came in with my bread, I could trade it for something substantial. Batteries, an apple, or whatever. And I would leave with those things. But now you're giving me plastic that I can't use in the world. How is that a profit?
0: I watched that f- like five times trying to get my head around the system. I, I still don't quite understand
3: mm-hmm.
2: what they were going for there. <laughs> I-, I think the only use of this system at this point would be so the kids would have a reason to go to Ryan to learn maths. <laughs> and that's about it.
3: All it is, is it makes it so that they have no choice but to come to the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Because where else can they use these bits of plastic? Yeah. And and you know what that makes sense if you're going to a gambling den or you're going to a, a family fun center because you're not going there to make a profit you know that you're going to put cash into a machine and get a bunch of cheap coins that you can only spend in the family fun center you know that mm-hmm. but you go in aware knowing that you don't go to a swap meet expecting to come back with nothing <laughs> you're going there to make a profit. And yeah, I think it's just con- trying to control where people can trade. And it's like, that's a dumb move. And it's too soon to be doing this. Mm-hmm.
4: You know, it's funny. It's it's like a convenience store, uh, like Target, Walmart, whatever. And when you try to like trade something back that you already got from them, they won't even. Some, sometimes they'll give you money for it. But they're like, hey, we'll give you store credit. Right. Or, you know, you can <laughs> spend anything you want only at our store. Mm
3: hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're making me doubly regret coming to shop here in the first place. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what it's like. Like, it's just ensuring that Mm -hmm. you can't spend that money anywhere else. And that's what they're doing to these traders, ensuring that they wouldn't be able to make do anything with their profits except come back to the marketplace. And there's no system for what if they don't want to do anything in that marketplace anymore? They can't ever cash in those tokens and get anything valuable back. The only way they could is if they went to the marketplace and spent the tokens and got something. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's just overly complicated. They're not regulating it, and it, it's dumb. It, again, you haven't conferred with anyone to find out what the collective idea of something is worth so that you can set prices.
4: Yeah, this is just really bad. It's just a bad idea about everything. Hey, maybe Ellie was right. Maybe we do need to get rid of Danny. <laughs> <laughs> In any way possible, <laughs> just make it seem like an accident.
2: Uh, can you imagine Ellie just selling those newspapers to make more more plastic coins?
4: I can see her on top of a building with a stack of newspaper and just throwing it. <laughs> just mm-hmm. people just catching them. <laughs> it's like, what does this say?
3: I mean, those coins can't be worth anything until everyone collectively decides they're worth something. Mm -hmm. That is how currency works. If you give me a dollar, I'm happy to have that dollar because I live in a society that collectively has said that dollar is worth something. I can go anywhere with my dollar.
4: (laughs) Exactly. And only people who can make sure it's worth something are the tribal leaders to enforce that that law.
3: And they haven't even bothered to check with them.
4: Exactly. (laughs)
3: And you know, it makes no sense because you already have establishments in the city that if you had worked with them, you could have had a collective currency with them. You could have gone to the, the the casinos and been like, look, we'd like to come up with this idea. Would you like to be involved? And then imagine if you could use currency that you got over at the casino in the marketplace and vice versa. That is how you create currency. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: and this this is actually where... We later see Ebony and Luke doing it better because people want to know about what's going to happen with it. Yeah, they, no, they they actually explain things to people, talk about it with people.
3: Made it citywide. Sure, it wasn't
2: perfect, but better than this. <laughs> yeah, it's like Ebony took one glance at this stupid idea. I was like, okay, I'll remember that for later.
3: And you know what? They even made sure that their currency was made of scrap metal, which is still worth more than these plastic Mm -hmm. tokens! (laughs) Yep.
0: What happened? Ask him. Look, I didn't do anything. I was just sitting there minding my own business, and the next thing I know Ebony's got the box. And the tokens were gone. I must have turned my back. It Was just for a second?
2: Oh, that's lame, Lex. Even for you. One of my
1: men, sir. I'm sleeping on the job. That's a lie! That's how the tokens got stolen. Because it was the morning after the night before. Again.
0: Lex. look who cares? Living with a bunch of prissy do-gooding bleeding hearts like you lot would be enough to make anyone go out and party too hard. And who cares about the tokens? It's not like they're
4: worth anything anyway. Well, thanks for that Lex. You're fired!
0: This obviously ends exactly as you expect with Lex being in control of it. Um, Because after another wild night, he falls asleep on a job. And the tokens are stolen, leading to Bray firing him and immediately hiring Ryan. Um, see so yeah, panel. What did you make of Lex in this episode? And how do you feel about Ryan being nominated to step up here?
3: Let me notice he was there. I don't like the way like uh, Bray hires him though. <laughs> like, if you want to make someone feel like a consolation prize, think. Like, he didn't even ask, like, Ryan, would you be interested? I think you'd be great at this. Just, Ryan, it's yours. <laughs> and If it, 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 it were me, I'd be like, wow, apparently you had no one else.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: Even Ryan's like, um, okay. Is it because you want me to do the job? Or because you don't have anyone else to do the job? <laughs> you could have asked. <laughs> That's a nice way to do that.
2: Hey, at least he knows Ryan will step, stand up to Lex if he really...
3: Needs to, kudos to Bray for doing something. I couldn't believe it. He made a decision. I almost, I got the vapors, you guys. True. Mm -hmm. He made such a concise decision. I forgot he knew how.
4: (laughs) It's a miracle.
3: It was an appropriate appropriate decision.
2: Yeah, and he didn't even have to ask his missus. Yeah.
0: (laughs) He made Uh, this all on his own. That's that's very true.
4: You know what, this entire episode, Bray is kinda, I don't know, an alpha. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Which means he feels really out of character. <laughs> yeah. Oh <laughs> I, mean, I forgot Bray could make decisions.
4: <laughs> you know what? This whole past week, it's just characters not being themselves. We have Bray and Ebony switching places, so
3: It was nice. It was a nice flashback to the Bray that I have loved in the past and defended Mm -hmm. so hard, (laughs) so wholeheartedly. Like, where have you been?
2: (laughs) Well, hiding behind people's skirts or well pants.
4: You know what? You can pass this episode off as like a really bad parody of Freaky Friday of Ebony and Bray just switching places.
3: No. (laughs) That's actually really funny like (laughs) the longer I think about it that's actually really funny because yeah Bray's being all assertive making decisions in this episode taking no mercy and then you have Ebony who's she's doing what she needs to do but you can tell she's like a bit timid and doesn't want any conflict right now and she's just doing what needs to be done
4: it's a classic episode trope characters (laughs) switching lives and as you see Dale has switched lives with with Lex Lex. No, no 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 Maybe Dale. You could also say Dale switched lives with with Bray too, because now the ladies are after Dale, <laughs> right? Huh? Yeah.
3: You should have stopped at the first one. Yeah. You were on a roll. <laughs>
2: it's true. It's true. I, I know you wanted to get all your theories out there for this episode, but
4: no. Only thing we were missing was Dale being shirtless. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Stop it!
2: <laughs> I don't
0: think we could have handled that. But, um. uh.
3: Yeah, oh, just saw, like, him, a, and his, just him Shirtless <laughs> With his overalls It was a bit too much for me Put it away Dal. <laughs> Put the guns away I can't
4: handle it Stop it, it was the gun show this entire episode
3: <laughs> More like BB gun Put them away Put those slingshots away Dow.
0: <laughs> okay let's move on to the, the love bit So um, Patsy and Chloe really step up their attempts to attract Dow, but only succeed in confusing him. with it taking Alice to wise him up to their intentions. And she also confides in Dow about her own growing crush on Lex. Um, so as the girls' friendship is put to test, Dal begs Alice to step in and talk to them. So, yeah, what did you think of the conflict we see between Chloe and Patsy, um, and Alice's advice?
2: Uh, first, those girls. It's like kids fighting over a dolly. I saw it first. It's mine.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, I found it to be brilliantly executed. It does fit the age. For what it's supposed to be. Yeah. This is about two young girls who are best friends letting something come between them. It's being addressed. It's treated exactly as it should be. You know, mm-hmm. um, the way they get angry, the way they compete for him, it's. You never get the sense that their hearts are genuinely going to be broken over this. Like you said, they're fighting over a dolly as friends do. It's cute. It's amusing. And it's also giving a message to younger viewers. I think it's executed perfectly from start to finish. Um, Even the joke at the end is just perfect. Like, well, a girl, a friend, you know, ladies aren't supposed to fight over boys. How do you explain blah, blah, blah? (laughs) You know, like... I, it's it's really well done. The way Dal is so innocent and would never look at his little sisters that way, you know. I, mm-hmm. He and Alice having this awesome moment of sharing these vulnerabilities with each other, innocently expressing their crushes, even though Dal's in denial. You know, it was so well done. The dialogue, the acting, the chemistry between everybody, pacing, well done. Well done. I, there's not a single thing i change about this. Mm-hmm. I thought it was perfect.
4: The only thing I would change is to have this happen more often. <clears throat> I mean, there's clear sexual tension between a lot of these characters and Dale. And it's only in this episode it's actually executed. So I don't know why we didn't see this in later seasons. But uh, also, finally, Patsy and Chloe have something to do that's actually relatable so that's nice
2: yeah that's true. Mm. one of the moments i did really like about this though is alice telling del that
3: she has a crush on lex and the way she tells him yeah he get that confirmation
2: just uh, yeah you don't like
3: her just as much as i don't have a crush on lex I do love his that whole conversation Between them is so cute Mm -hmm. And I'm like why haven't we gotten Dal and Alice on the farm more often Why have you been keeping this from us These two are brilliant together
4: Mm -hmm. Exactly
3: It's been so long since we've seen Dal genuinely connecting with Anybody this felt so natural Then again Alice does that with everyone She's just Vanessa Mm -hmm. (laughs) Damn it Vanessa (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she makes everyone look better when she's like working with them. Um, mm-hmm. It's just so na- Dallas seems so natural with her. This back and forth between them, and you know, don't you dare tell it. I won't. I promise. I won't say anything. And you know, I got it. You you got to be a big brother to them. Just remember that. And oh, I've got it, Alice. And you don't need any help from me. No, sure, I'm fine. And then, please, Alice, save me. Just. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> The whole episode could have just been the two of them doing this, and mm. I would have been satisfied. Just her saving him from the girls.
0: <laughs> it was nice uh. to have a laugh and smile again. This be- <laughs> it
3: feels like it's <laughs> <been> a while
0: <laughs>
3: stop torturing this kid.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and uh may may I just add that little moment when Patsy realizes that Jack and Ellie are <laughs> Are falling out and she just decides okay so he's in the market Chloe you can have him
3: the fact that both girls prefer Dal to Jack which just proved <laughs> my theory okay Jack's a jerk and even the girls know it
4: <laughs> proves my mm-hmm. theories a lot of my theories as well
3: I love the fact that Patsy She's the one who engages in this conversation And realizes Jack is single Or could be eventually And never thinks Mm -hmm. I could have him for myself I could stake this claim Let Chloe have Dal the farmer I get Jack the genius No she's like I don't even want Jack If I can get (laughs) Chloe to go to Jack I can have Dal
4: She's like, ugh, Jack, look at his hair.
3: <laughs> Even though Jack looks more like the picture she draws. Oh, that just makes me laugh. And then when she chases after Chloe, like, no, it's perfect. And Chloe's just like, no, I like Dal better. Get out of here. You know
4: what would have been really funny? If she would have been like, look at Jack's hair, it looks better on Celine anyway. <laughs>
3: And it's such a classic move. I have done this mm-hmm. with my friends. I've seen it when we were children. <laughs> Usually over like a toy or candy. They have the thing you want. So you try to convince them that they may like this thing better. Yeah. <laughs> like, look at this Barbie, though. Look what, look, check out, I can take her earrings out and I can change them. And they're like, no, I want the Malibu Barbie. <laughs> Get it, <the> Malibu Barbie! <laughs> Uh, Everybody knows knows Malibu Barbie had the best hair. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Can't even argue with that.
4: Yeah, that's common sense.
3: (laughs) Yeah, Dal got to be a bamp this episode.
4: (laughs) You mean every other episode.
3: Carlin, just take what I'm giving
2: you, dude. Stop overreaching your imagination, (laughs) honey. I
4: know you think there's all
2: these deleted scenes, but they're just in your head.
4: Well, this one's reality.
3: (laughs) Mm
4: hmm. Ellie, Ellie, seriously? Seriously, it's a bad
3: idea.
2: Not you, too. God, Jack, what do you think the news sheet's for? What do we start it for? What about the public's right to know?
3: Well, what about Danny's right to live?
2: What about you leave me alone and I get on with doing what I have to do? Because I. I, I think you're. You're wrong.
0: So, yeah, panel. um, yeah, Jack tries to make an argument with. Ellie about separating emotion from Fact but he kind of fails At it Um, but what do you make in general about Him trying to stand up
3: to Ellie about this article Good boy Finally Cue the applause well done Mm -hmm. Jack And I want to say Michael's performance was comedic Genius in this scene Mm -hmm. He lands it so Well he is totally In the right he is trying to sensitively Tell someone he cares about you're wrong You know, I do not agree with you. You shouldn't do this. You're going to get someone hurt. While also trying to let them know, look, I don't want to fight with you. I still love you. Please don't run away. Don't be mad at me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And uh, separating emotions from facts. I mean, Jack's great at that. He doesn't do emotions with his facts.
3: Well, I mean, they're both wrong because they do. Mm -hmm. But um, I just, he was in the right. He was brilliant. Very funny. She's in the wrong. It was a great scene. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give Jack credit here. Well done. Nice try, buddy. (laughs) Nice
4: try. Yeah, definitely one of Jack's uh, bright spots on the show, especially this season. Definitely a big highlight.
3: (laughs) The way she leaves and he's like, really, really wrong, but in a, damn. (laughs) 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 Like, Michael, you're killing me. Stop it.
4: You know, it's funny. It's probably this performance, Ray was like, I want you to be on another show.
3: <laughs> oh my gosh. That was good. That was so good. This is a good screenplay. Yeah. It's, they did a really good job. The dialogue is sparkling in this.
0: Okay. Um, unfortunately, the love situation in the mall goes from bad to worse. And we talk about Ryan and Celine. So Ryan seems to ignore every single social cue and escape from Celine on the subject of having a baby. But we do kind of see his reaction when she walks away, but reading that he isn't quite as ignorant as it appears. So, I mean, my question to you guys is, is Ryan this naive, or is he purposely trying to wear Selene down on the subject of a
2: baby? He just doesn't want to see the fact that she doesn't want the same thing as he does, because he saw her be cute with Brady. So surely that must be what she really wants, right? That's what all women want, right?
3: he's not naive we know ryan is capable of reading social cues he can tell when someone doesn't want something he is deliberately ignoring her because this is what he wants so desperately and uh i'm gonna try not to get upset about it <laughs> <laughs> i don't think she could not i granted yeah someone would say "Celine, you should have just said out loud you don't want the baby but dude she is saying i don't want a baby and Mm -hmm. Completely ignoring that He doesn't even say sweetie can we talk about This I'm getting the feeling you don't want A baby could you tell me why You know or whatever I would Be like I first I remembered It as maybe Celine had overreacted To him but watching It I'm like no she didn't overreact Like I would be so pissed If I had made it you know pretty Clear with my body language Mm -hmm. I don't want to talk About this and then I walk in With him and he's Still looking at baby books and smiling at me. Like, I would think he was doing it on purpose. I'd be like, wow, you really don't care how I feel about this. And all that implies it's not like, oh, we're talking about getting a kitten. We're talking about me warping my body and giving up a year of my life and then the rest of my life to bring another human being onto the planet. Something that could kill me given our reality. And this is how little you care about any of that. I can see why Celine gets goes from zero to a hundred with her anger and frustration at him over it. And no, I don't. I don't think he's that naive. He just wants this that much that at this point her feelings on it do not matter.
4: Gotta love toxic relationships. <laughs> it warms my heart. But uh, I have a question. So they're having sex, right? Yeah. Okay. So are they like? Practicing safe sex.
3: I assume so, or else this conversation wouldn't have come up. Yeah, they're doing what they can mm-hmm. to prevent a baby, which is why Ryan like, would say, like, <laughs> sh- maybe we should not use those preventions. <laughs> yeah.
4: Okay. Uh, well, yeah, I guess they wouldn't show that in this kids' show, but I was like, I wonder if there were condoms at the mall or or whatever. Because if not, probably. Yeah, there are. Okay,
0: we see a scene later on with um, Ellie and Jack, and they mention it.
4: Okay, cool. Awesome.
3: At this
2: point in time, they're not expired yet.
3: (laughs) And you have to also keep in mind there are other forms of birth control that may Mm -hmm. not be 100%, but that people employ all the time. They fall back on those forms of contraception. Again, even though they're not advisable Mm or 100%, people will use them. So I think it's heavily implied they are being safe. And that's why mm-hmm. Ryan's like, hey, maybe we should take the brakes off. <laughs> mm-hmm.
4: Right, right. Right. Okay. That makes sense then.
3: Why do I think he's desperate to have a baby? I do I understand family is really important to Ryan. And it's possible Ryan didn't have much family before. You know, he latched onto mm-hmm. Lex, he latched onto Zondra, you know, he latches onto the Mall rats. And we know when Ryan latches on, man, he's you're not shaking him. You know, you got to do some damage to shake Ryan. And mm-hmm. I get it. I understand the desperate desire to have something of your own that you can't lose, that can't be taken from you. You know, um, I do get that. I don't think it's entirely selfish that he wants it, but he's not the one who has to do it. You know, this is not a decision he can make on his own. Right. And he doesn't care about the person it would Affect more than him You know Mm -hmm. at the end of the day That's the truth like no matter How you slice it Celine is going to Bear more of the brunt Of this decision it has to Be Mm -hmm. made together I get that he's desperate for it And it could it could also Just do with the same we know they're insecure About each other we know that's why they finally had Sex due to their insecurities And needing reassurance that they Truly loved each other maybe that Plays a part he wants to That safety, that this family he's trying to build ain't going to go anywhere. A baby's permanent, you know? Yeah.
2: So you won't leave him if if they have that, or
3: at least that's what he thinks. It's not right, but maybe that's where he's coming from. I knew kids who thought, who were immature and, you know, actually thought that in their young age, having a baby meant they'd be together forever. Mm Mm-hmm. And you're like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like They just were convinced that it means this person won't ever be able to leave me because we'll be connected forever. And learn the hard way that, no, it's not what it ensures. It just ensures that you are stuck with this person forever. Mm -hmm. You know? um, Mm -hmm. You guys will always have this in common, but that doesn't mean it'll be a good thing, you know? Right.
4: Yeah. I mean, just look at Zoot and Trudy. Mm -hmm. Or Amber and her baby. Because we hardly (laughs) see them together.
1: (laughs) 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 <laughs>
4: Am I not right? I can't even against that notice
3: <laughs> I will leave discussions of Amber's motherhood to season <laughs> 5 <laughs> Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll, I'll stay quiet on my opinions about that one probably. I'm going to leave it alone for now Um <laughs> I'll say that I don't think there's anything wrong with the fact that Ryan would like a, a child, would like to start a family. Maybe I, He's too young. I would always say that. You're too young. Trust me. You're too young. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. Um, but I don't think it's wrong for him to want this or to feel it would complete him or give him the family he desires. He is wrong to not give a crap how his partner feels about it. Mm-hmm. And to deliberately ignore every sign she is giving him that, no, I don't want to discuss this. I don't want to do it. And instead of mm. talking to her about it and saying, Hun, tell me what's going on. Tell me why you don't want a child. Instead, he thinks, yeah, I'll just wear her down. And even the way he says you were so good with Brady, you'd be a great mom. She never said she wouldn't be a good mom, Ryan. That's what not what mm-hmm. this is about. Mm-hmm. Being a knowing you might be a good parent still doesn't mean you want to be one. Okay. That is such a condescending argument to make to somebody. Okay. <laughs> I don't like it. Her opinion doesn't matter to him. And I'm not going to be happy with Ryan for a few episodes. (laughs) I'll just leave it at that.
4: (laughs) Yeah. Ryan's going to have to take the L on this one.
3: It is weird though. It's one of the rare times his selfishness comes ahead of anything. Cause we don't know Ryan to be selfish. He usually puts everyone Mm. ahead of what he wants. And this is the first time we're going to see Ryan saying, no, this is what I want and screw what anybody else feels about it. I'm going to go after it. Even if it could hurt someone, you know, very rare.
2: Yeah, I I do wonder if age has anything to do with it. Just, you know, thinking that, okay, she's good with kids, so she'll want them eventually. So, you know, and I want them, so it'll make us happy, really. Yeah, but he's acting like he feels that she just needs some convincing.
3: Because he doesn't care how she feels.
2: Yeah, doesn't care how she feels or doesn't, really doesn't get why she wouldn't want this.
3: I don't know his age. I mean, obviously... He's a teenager, you know he, he can't be trusted with every decision yeah. thought that pops in his head. But and it, you know, I've known adults who still do this. I think Ryan mm-hmm. is the kind of person that he would not do this as an adult because he's quite mature at this age. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I, I think it's one of those like I've seen adult people do this too. <laughs> yep
0: I'm in no way going to say that Ryan kind of knows what's going to happen with Celine. But it does put it into a bit of perspective like that it's, it's almost like he's doing this as a way to shore up their relationship. If you see what I'm
2: mm-hmm. saying, yeah. Um, like, like he won't leave. She won't leave him then.
0: Yeah. Even though I know he doesn't, he's not aware of it at this time. But it's just
2: mm-hmm.
0: a bit funny how things will play out in a bit.
3: <laughs> I think sometimes when you're in a relationship and you do have crippling insecurities about yourself and that relationship. There's nothing the other person can really do to reassure you. And you may be desperate for forever. That's what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. I have known people who deliberately do certain things because they think that means this person can't leave me. I have known someone who deliberately tricked her partner into getting pregnant
1: mm-hmm. so that
3: they wouldn't leave her. You know, um, like I'm not saying as a joke, she put holes in her diaphragm. You know what I mean? Like, she was that desperate for this person not yeah. to leave her. You I know, know people and like that. She was a grown woman, but she was a broken woman from a broken childhood and was scared of being left alone. And so she was like, I'll do anything. You won't leave me now and we'll be happy because we're already happy. This will just ensure mm-hmm. we'll be happy forever. That's how she reasoned it, you know? So I guarantee Ryan thinks like this will ensure forever with Celine and I won't yeah. have to ever worry that she'll fall out of love with me or that she won't want to be with me anymore, you know, and that's all I want. You know, <laughs> Cause I love her so much.
2: <laughs> it's that. And he has heard her say before that, you know, she would never want a child having to grow up without a father because he made comments about that when you know, Trudy was pregnant and it turned out Bray wasn't a daddy. He had some opinions about that. Pretty sure Ryan heard those. So, yeah, I, I think this is his way of thinking. If we go for this, then I get to
3: keep her. Still wrong, but we're just trying to understand him. I, I don't want this misunderstood. Not defending him, but I understand mm-hmm. where he's coming from. <laughs> uh, and,
0: yeah, we obviously need to talk about that little scene between Celine, Patsy and Chloe. When the two kids mentioned, does Celine feel true love for Ryan? She does see him approach and she doesn't actually answer. And um, yeah, what did you make of that little scene panel?
3: I know that many people think Celine has been in love with Bray this whole time, that she didn't really love Ryan, that he was a rebound. I get that. And I'm not going to argue. You're, everyone's allowed to feel that way. But I personally feel like what Celine's going through right now is something I went through a lot. I cycled through my relationships very frequently. You know, I usually had maybe one to two boyfriends every year, you know, um, and or even more so, it depends. Um, And I would go through the infatuation stage and it was about the four month mark when I'd start looking them and not feeling that same spark. I wouldn't feel that same, oh, I'm so glad you're here. And I assumed that meant I didn't care about them anymore. Like, oh, I guess I just don't have those feelings for them anymore. I didn't know what it means to actually be in a long-term relationship and having to work on it. And what happens when you don't feel like a giddiness around that person? I think what Celine is going through, she's looking at Ryan and the spark has faded because real life is, they're dealing with real life every day. And she's looking at him. She's annoyed with him. Keep that in mind. The fact that he brought up children has made her consider what it would be like to be with him forever and suddenly mm-hmm. she's not feeling like oh that would be amazing and she's starting to question do I care about this guy do I love him I think the whole conversation with the girls is her trying to convince herself that of course she still loves him it's just not the kind of love she had for Bray I mean why do you think that's the person they're talking about you know what I mean hmm I think that's what's going through her head. Like I felt so strongly for him, but it wasn't real. It couldn't have been real. No, what I have with Ryan is real. It has to be. It's real love and it takes time and it takes effort and I'm going to keep telling myself that because I'm starting to question my feelings.
2: See, to me it always seemed like she always questioned those feelings. From the very beginning she was just desperate to have someone love her. I've never seen her as a person who's really, truly, madly, deeply in love with Ryan. Maybe some brief, tiny moments, but most of the times he just seemed to be with Ryan because he wanted to be with her.
4: Yeah, I mean, it just feels like two friends who are just, you know, they went through an experience together that was pretty traumatic, and then just for that, they just continue to be with each other. They're together just for the sake of just being together. That's how I look at it.
2: Yeah, and it means more to him than to her.
3: You know what's sad is that it's because of their world that their relationship has these high stakes. And it really doesn't, Mm -hmm. it shouldn't have to be. Think if they were in high school. These two would have gone out for a portion of the school year, and it would have just faded away. And that would have been okay. They wouldn't even have considered being together forever because they have all this stuff in the way. They've got school and, you know, college and expectations. These questions wouldn't have come up. Ryan wouldn't be talking about having a baby if he was a sophomore (laughs) in school.
2: (laughs) No, I mean, Celine might have doodled his name in her notebook, but
3: that's about it. Like, I remember my high school sweetheart. I was absolutely in love. He was my second love. It was great. We had a great relationship. And yeah, when we talked about forever, we were looking deep into the future because we knew we had a bunch of years between the future we could ever have we both knew we were expected to go to college we wanted to get our careers going so it felt safe to talk about the children we were going to have and where we were going to live but if in that moment he had said hey drop everything let's run away together I would start questioning if I loved that guy I'm 17 are you crazy I'm not doing that like It would have scared the crap out of me. I would have gone running for the hills if I had to think Mm -hmm. about actually being with him forever starting right now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Celine and Ryan don't have that buffer. There's nothing to stop them from starting their lives right now. That's Mm -hmm. terrifying. You know, I feel bad that it has to be such a high stakes situation because they're living in the apocalypse.
2: Yeah, they are the adults now. Basically, there's nobody older than them to tell them, no, no, you have years before you get to do that. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Right now, you just get to practice. No long-lasting consequences.
4: Yeah, it's just a bad relationship. It's toxic. There's not much communication happening. Um, They don't even love each other, or at least not in that way. I don't
3: don't agree, but I, I can see why you feel that way.
4: Well, I mean, you know, it's... well. Maybe they do love each other, but they definitely can't express it in a, I guess, in a good way.
2: I think Ryan is truly in love with C- with Celine, and the idea of having that family with her. I just don't think the feeling is mutual.
4: I think he's more in love with having a family than with Celine. Mm. But since Celine's a part of that, he thinks he loves her.
3: I think it would be fair to say Ryan loves Celine. She's probably his first yeah. love. You know, I think Celine, to be fair. Maybe more in love with the idea of security than mm-hmm. Ryan. And Ryan was the one who provided it. Yeah. And of course she's going to care about the person giving her the one thing she wanted more than anything in the world. And, and she make should just quickly. get a dog. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think she, again, I don't think she's consciously thinking, I don't really love you, but I'm glad you take care of me. I think it, what he provided, he came in and saved her and... You know, But I do think it's more the idea of his protection that she fell in love with more than him. He was just mm-hmm. the person giving her the thing she'd always wanted. If Bray had given it to her, it, she would have been still with Bray. She would have still been chasing him. But he didn't. He didn't give her security. And, um, yeah. They're just so young. They're just babies. Poor little babes. These are some serious questions for the babes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why they shouldn't have any. They both need to have Alice hold their hands and take him for a walk.
2: (laughs) (sighs) And then Alice realizing how adorable he can be and tell him how stupid he's being.
3: Alice would fix this.
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Alice would have told him to wait a couple of years.
3: Totally would. (laughs)
0: Alice is so stretched thin. <laughs> I wish she could I know. Right I
3: know. <laughs> it's just like we can't expect you to fix everything. Not <laughs> <laughs> making her so great, and we wouldn't want her to fix everything.
0: She's like, I'm working on Lex. I'm helping out <laughs> Dow.
2: It's our, it's our magical healing
3: Alice. We
4: all want to be the Alice. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. She's almost like a fairy godmother, almost like a conscience that just pops out when people need help.
3: And that is why she deserved the happiest of endings, and I will never mm-hmm. forgive the show for not giving her one.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's sure.
2: Still say, in my mind, she happily ended up with Ryan somewhere.
4: Alice? Yes. Yeah,
3: I can agree with that. I like that fantasy. That's in my head as well. What? They ended up Ryan? on the safe block together. Oh, yeah. Alice and Ryan. Alex yeah. and Ryan
0: in the slave oh. pin.
4: <laughs> <was> yep. That- <laughs> Like You know,
3: and it should have been Alice and
2: Ryan knocking holes through walls.
4: 100%. I don't know about that. I don't know about that.
3: Well, you are outvoted, and we're not discussing this.
4: (laughs) And Ryan? That doesn't make sense.
3: Look, it's very simple. Ryan is a devoted guy who just wants Mm -hmm. someone who can depend on, who's going to love him, who's going to be there, be his partner. He also needs a straight shooter because Ryan can Mm -hmm. be daft sometimes. He needs someone who's not going to play games with him, who's going to tell them straight up how they feel, what they're thinking. That is the kind of Alice, the kind of girl Alice is. Alice, Mm -hmm. what does she deserve? A man who is going to see her, love her, be devoted to her, treat her like the freaking treasure she is. And okay. Ryan exactly. needs someone who's going to teach him to have a little fun and let go. That is Alice. Alice needs someone who is going to treasure her. Alice ain't her. looking to
4: teach. She's not uh, looking that, to teach.
3: That's BS because that's exactly <laughs> what she does with Lex. These two would be fantastic together. She's going, she mm-hmm. going to
4: a phase with Lex.
3: They'd be amazing. Oh, come on.
4: That was a phase with Lex that a lot of people go through thinking it's that not they can phase change somebody.
3: When, it's not a phase when she is admitted that she likes bad boys. Mm-hmm. It's a habit. (laughs) Lex is just another in a long list of guys. She falls from the wrong guys. She says it. That's exactly what she says. (laughs) It's not a phase. Ryan would have broken her out of it. She would have been like, oh my gosh, this is what it's like to have a good guy who loves you. That is why we are like, Uh Alice and Ryan, that's why you should have been. I don't know.
1: I really wanted to thank you for keeping the news
2: sheet going in spite of everything. I know how much you hated lying but the new sheet was crucial during that crazy antidote time well yeah well seems like everything might still actually work out you know in spite of our little hexes our little lexes <laughs> exactly good night ellie and thanks i really do appreciate what you and jack are doing
0: so still conflicted about what to do with the article ellie is surprised by a visit from danny and I was surprised as well, um, who tells her she generally appreciates what Ellie is trying to do with the news sheet, leading to Ellie tearing up. So yeah, m- simple question here, panel. Was Daddy being genuine here?
3: Oh, okay, I'll go first. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All
3: right. Um, I get the point of this scene. I do. I understand that the whole point is for Ellie to realise the humanity of the person she's putting in danger. And realize this is a human. This is a person who does not deserve this to happen to them. Because I stubbornly want to print the truth. I get that. This is very to the nose. By having Danny come in and suddenly be super nice to Ellie. (laughs) And that's what it takes for Ellie to go. Oh, it's a person that I'd be putting in danger. But I think it says something. One, that. We have to question whether or not Danny's being genuine, <laughs> and two that they needly they literally have to have this moment for Ellie to see Danny's humanity. So little too late, guys.
4: I don't see any humanity <laughs> or humility.
0: It, it does come off as very sus. I, it's like...
4: All I see is Danny saying, "Thank you." Now I can continue my reign of dictatorship across this city. And rule with an iron fist. I appreciate you very much.
3: it's normal behavior for Danny. Then I wouldn't question it. But I have never seen her. Do something like this. Thank someone for. You know I know it's been tough. Like you having to go along with something you didn't believe. I've never seen her go to Tyson and say look. I know this has been really hard for you. Because you didn't agree with it. But I just want to thank you for supporting me and Bray. You know we are all going for the same thing. I have never seen this. So for it to be now, I almost feel like Bray told her what Ellie was doing and she felt the need to go and be like, hey, Ellie, um, I just want to say thanks for being so cool and stuff. And you wouldn't want to not be cool. I, it feels sus. And it's, it's because of the way they wrote Danny that this doesn't land, even though I know the point. <laughs> you know if amber
2: would have been around
3: oh, i
2: dare to bet she would have told danny just go talk to her
3: go talk to ellie Honestly, i feel like that's the scene we didn't see because bray has already tried to talk to ellie
2: mm-hmm. i would mm-hmm.
3: not put it be I, we already know him and danny make plans behind the scenes like the tokens yeah. and everything else why wouldn't he tell her you know she, bray what's wrong oh it's ellie she wants to print the story about you and your dad and i'm Try to talk her out of it i don't want you to get hurt and then even like oh wow that's big maybe <laughs> i should go talk to her i don't mm-hmm. i don't doubt that could have happened
4: i can see danny saying that she's like what did i tell you about making decisions without me i'll go talk to her <laughs>
3: <laughs> see bray this is why i do the talking because it's suspiciously nice of danny who is rarely mm-hmm. nice to anyone you know and This is really nice. Like, this is saccharine, (laughs) over-the-top, nice.
0: Danny hasn't said a single good thing about the news sheet at all. Like, this is way over-the-top. It's it's too, yeah, it's too over-the-top. Yeah. It's unbelievable.
3: So even if she's sincere, even if she's genuinely (laughs) grateful that, you know, Ellie and Jack went along with the lie... It's like, it's too late to do this, and it's not consistent with what I've seen of her, and it's suspicious that she's doing it now. Yeah. So you kind of sh- shot yourselves in the foot, you know?
2: Yeah, I, I generally feel like she's doing this in hope of humanizing herself to, to Ellie.
3: Like, it's the writers trying to, again, knock us, knock us in the head. Like, see, she's a person. This is who you'd be doing it to Ellie. and And Ellie's like, oh... She is a person. Too bad I haven't noticed that before because of the way she <laughs> behaves, but yeah, she's a person, I guess. And I don't feel <sighs> like you would have had to do this if, you know what I mean, if you'd already shaped Danny into someone mm-hmm. we could care about. You wouldn't need this scene for Ellie to realize, oh my gosh, you know?
4: You know, it would have been more realistic after that whole thing. Ellie was just like, well, that was weird behavior from Danny. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what she's writing now.
3: <laughs> and I agree. It's like, I want—I don't want to always assume that Danny is being sus. I don't. I don't think it's fair. But it doesn't make sense for her to come in and be so grateful for the news sheet when Lance, like you said, she has never said a single positive thing about this news sheet and what mm-hmm. Ellie and Jack were doing with it. Never once has she been like, it's a cool idea you guys have. You know what I mean? Like, the only time the news sheet has been any good to her is when she can propaganda to the city. And so for her to come in and be like, "Really? Just really appreciate it." Like, "Where did this come from?" <laughs> Good timing, Danny. You know, and I don't think you should need a moment like this for Ellie to realize that it's a person she's endangering and that they don't deserve it. You yeah. know, we should have already, you know, it, she wouldn't need she shouldn't need this moment. And if you want to show her being reminded, why don't you show her like she could have looked in and seen Danny doing something that reminds her I may not like her, but she works so hard to try and make this dream happen. You know, something that Danny actually does do that is true Mm -hmm. to her character that humanizes her. Like, I may not like her, but look how hard she works and is fighting to make a better world. I may not agree with her methods, but she's a person just trying to do what she thinks is right. That should have been the moment that Ellie Mm -hmm. felt You know like oh, i can't do this to her but not a fake moment like this that's completely out of character for danny yeah
4: i agree i agree published article
0: okay um yeah that leads us to our final thoughts of the episode so a shirtless bray confides to ebony that they have too much history together and that he needs her but ebony cuts to the chase and realizes he just wants her to prop up the militia. However, she does seem amenable to that request and responds by taking leadership again in time to pick up the pieces of Lex's earlier mistakes with the tokens. And realising that her talk with Bray has spurred her to take up her duties in the mall, Tysan then seems to encourage Ebony to tell Bray how she feels about him. So yeah, panel, just like focusing on that, really. like, How do you feel about that, like Tysan telling Ebony to go for Bray?
2: Well, we all know Tysan doesn't like Danny and what she stands for. But yeah, I, th- I think Tysan's just... You know, being her goofy self, wanting everyone to clear the air and talk about feelings and all that blah, unless it's her. So yeah, that part makes sense to me. But uh, why does Bray have to walk around shirtless every time he goes to visit people? Especially near Ebony.
3: I mean, come on. It reminded me of when um, Tyson encouraged Amber to face what she felt for Sasha. Mm
1: -hmm. And we
3: had discussed, was that a good thing for her to do, considering it was potential heartbreak waiting for Amber. And there was the argument, was Tyson actually looking out for Amber's happiness? I think she was, but I also don't think she was thinking of the future, like the potential heartbreak that was gonna come down the pipe between Amber and Sasha. She just saw something that, I think this would make you happy. I don't know why you don't go after it. And I kind of feel the same way here. like. I do think she's being sincere. She's not trying to stir up trouble. No, she don't like Danny. So she certainly isn't going to be crushed (laughs) if (laughs) if Bray doesn't hook up with Danny. But, you know, I agree with Sabine that, you know, she's definitely in that place where she feels everyone should hash out their feelings and they'd feel better. She's looking at Ebony thinking, I I think that's what you need. Why don't you chase this thing? And not really thinking, how do you think Ebony's going to feel if Bray doesn't return her feelings? You know, how do you think this is, might end? She's still in that moment of just, you know, sincerely telling someone to go after something that could make them happy. You're not thinking too much of, well, what if it doesn't? <laughs> what if this ends badly? How do you think it's going to go?
4: Um, <clears throat> more than anything, this just confirms that she's a techno spy. I really do think Tizan has just been placed here to just monitor the mall rats. And then on occasions, uh, influence them to do things that will lead to harm. Uh, Ebony has. There's nothing positive that can come from Ebony trying to pursue anything with Bray again, especially at the state the Mallrats are in.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, and I and I do think it would have benefit the Technos if Ebony would go back to her evil self. So clearly, Taizan sees this, and she's like well, this is wrong. I need to have her destroying things and being a little pit bull.
3: I think it's interesting. Does Tyson think that Bray might return Ebony's affections? Like, I think that's interesting. Like, um, mm. like okay, when she told Amber, go for Sasha, she could see Sasha clearly returned Amber's affections, you know what I mean? She wasn't setting Amber up for a defeat there. But I wonder, like, does yeah. Tyson think that Bray would be receptive to Ebony? You know what I mean like and if she does why? What is she I, seeing I, that well, we're not seeing?
2: I think she has reasons to think Bray might. I mean, look at all the things that Bray has done for Ebony to protect Ebony over these past two seasons. I mean, he ensured she didn't get hurt. He kept saying we can trust her. No, she she used to be good. She there's still some good in her somewhere.
3: She'll keep her word. Yeah, he's always vouching for her. He did bring her to Eagle Mountain. Yeah. He made her leader. <laughs> you, <laughs> know, you know, there's,
2: there's so many tiny things that point to the idea that Bray believes in her.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And if she could just get it together, she might be able to actually win. You know what? You make a really good point. There is enough there for someone like Tyson to look and say, maybe there's some unresolved issues here, unresolved feelings yeah. Bray's not even aware of, because he does a lot for Ebony.
2: Yeah, well, he, do- he does. And, no, you know, she's mentioned to Bray that she wants him to be happy again. And, you know, it's and she's seen that Ebony can be a nice person. And a vul- vulnerable person. So yeah, I I think she's encouraging her for the sake of both of them.
3: And thinking there's a decent chance that this could be a yeah. good thing.
2: Yeah, that you know, Bray is willing to support her, and that might make Ebony a good person. If she if she had his love, she might be a good person.
3: She clearly favors Ebony over Danny, because she's never mm-hmm. shown any encouragement. <laughs> For the Bray and Danny attachment. No. She is tolerated. Right. Tolerated it. But you've never once seen her be like, oh, you and Danny. That's interesting. How do you feel? You know, she's never ever No. And she likes Ebony better, even though Ebony tried to kill her and Oh my gosh, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> even Tyson prefers her attempted murder to Danny. <laughs>
4: You know, this all sounds like this romantic comedy quote I heard from a movie. And and I'm going to say it as if it's Taizan saying it, where she's looking at Ebony. She's like, you know, Bray deserves better than Danny. He's like, yeah, you're right. But he deserves better than you, too. But he doesn't know that yet. So it's okay.
3: (laughs) (sighs) That is so messed up. Poor Danny.
1: We just feel that way, Yeah. (laughs) Was.
3: Even in this moment When Tyson is playing Playing potential matchup Matchmaker uh. for her friend She's like okay on our left We have dictator Danny And her bill of rights And on our right we have a, a, a Attempted murderess <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, it seems like
4: murderous extortionist, hey. you name yeah. it. And dog, dog are, we,
2: are we a hundred percent sure she never dreamed that Amber was still alive?
3: No, oh, don't, let's just not. Please, please. <laughs> please, don't do this to me yet, please.
0: I'm I especially feel Sorry for that.
3: You know? It does! <laughs> like, wow. Oh wow. Ebony tried to kill this girl. She killed the, the, the tribe mascot instead, and Tyson is still like, you know what? I think I know the perfect guy for you.
0: I go for it.
3: He's still single. I mean, there's somebody waiting in the wings, but you could totally get in there and elbow her out of the way. We know you're mm-hmm. skilled with poison, you know, whatever. Just, <laughs> just that's crazy. That's so crazy.
4: Like I said before, everyone deserves a fourth chance.
0: <laughs> I like her last lines. Like, when have you ever let anything stand in your way? It's like, okay, Tyson.
3: <laughs> Meaning, yeah. she knows this could be a competition, and she's yeah. looking for Ebony to win it. Yeah, <laughs> oh because she wants Danny
2: gone. Danny comes with Danny comes with rules and money
4: systems and all
2: that other crap.
4: <laughs> money systems. <laughs> now,
3: you guys know I don't. You know I, I. don't think. You know, Tyson would condone anything bad happening there, Danny. But I do think it is funny that she, <laughs> she, like, she sets Ebony after Danny. Like, we both know it wasn't me you were trying to get rid of. You were trying to get rid of Danny. So, here's a way to do it go after Bray. <laughs> Work your mm. magic, girl. Yeah. Let <laughs> well, them achieve your original goal. Do you really think Ebony's not going to come with rules? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but different rules. The chaotic kind that Tyson doesn't yeah. like.
2: Yeah, well, m- more the kind of rules that aren't from the old
3: world. Sorry, Danny. That That's funny. I feel bad for you, but that's funny. <laughs> Even the potential victim is picking the murderer over you. Yep.
0: Um, cool. <laughs> so that brings series two episode 30 to a close. Thank you very much to the panel. And if you'd like to take part in a future episode of the podcast, you can send us a message over on our website, uk, or directly on our Facebook page. So we'll see you next time for episode 31. Until then, bye.
3: Bye. Later. Bye.